Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. Nervous system or digestive system so that food and nutrients and water can flow through me much more freely. So I find even doing more yin um, can help you lose weight. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hi, and how are you doing? So I am having lovely chats today with a yogi, meditation teacher, somatic therapist, and all-round amazing wellness professional, Phoebe Greenacre. She's also the co-founder of an activewear brand that does the most gorgeous yoga wear called Silu. And we chat in this episode a lot about meditation, how to get started with meditation, Phoebe gives three key ways that we can really just easily get started. We also talk about inner healing, how we can start to get really comfortable with the discomfort in our body and in our mind and how this can be the key to healing, to feeling happier and to feeling healthier. And we also talk about whether yoga can help you lose weight. And we talk about how to tune into what your body needs in terms of the yoga, the exercise, but also the eating as well. So if you're sort of wondering, can yoga help me lose weight? Can it help me tone up? Then it's a really great episode to listen to. And before we get into that, I just want to remind you about my apps. I was chatting to someone the other day who said that they didn't even realise that I had apps. So I thought I'd mention it to you guys here on the podcast. So I actually have five apps. So two of them are face yoga. So I have the 10 minute face yoga, which is 10 minutes for upper face, 10 minutes for the lower face, 10 minutes massage, 10 minutes acupressure, and then lots of lovely bonus tracks. So you pay a one-off fee and then you've got the videos for life. So it's £9.99 British pounds. That's the same for all of my apps. And you have got those videos and it's a really great structured workout. If you're sort of thinking, I want something on my phone or my tablet or my laptop that I can just use whenever I want to, to get a really good structured workout. I've also got face yoga for your busy life. This is available on DVD too, as is the other face yoga one. And this is great if you just haven't got time, but you just want to get onto your phone. You want to bring up a one minute or two minute video and integrate it into your day. So whether it be just before you get in the shower, you want to know a technique that you can do there or whilst you're putting your makeup on or just before you go to bed at night. And it's a really great way of integrating face yoga really seamlessly into your day-to-day life. I also have a 
body yoga app. So this is very good if you want to tone up your body and it works with individual parts of the body, combining Hatha yoga and Pilates. So there's 10 minute sections for the whole body. There's 10 minutes for the arms, for the tummy, for the bottom, for the legs and so on. Or you can do it as a full 60 minute class. So it's gorgeous either way. And again, there's some bonus tracks there. So great way to get started with yoga in 10 minute sections or as a full class. Again, that's just a one-off fee and you've got those videos for life. I also have well-being yoga. Um, you can get this as DVD as well. All of these are available on DVD. Um, you can get those at faceyogaexpert.com slash shop. The wellness yoga has lots more gentle yoga, lots of visualizations, meditations, affirmations, again, all in 10 minute section. Or you can do it as a full relaxing 60 minute class with bonus tracks as well. And then finally, I have my mama yoga, which is perfect if you're pregnant, post-pregnancy, have a little baby or have a toddler. There's lots of lovely sections on there all about that. So five apps, all you need to do is search Danielle Collins on your app store and you can get all of those there. So let's dive into this week's episode with my lovely guest, Phoebe Greenacre. Hi, Phoebe. Thank you so much for being a guest today. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Danielle. How are you? I am good, thank you. And I am very excited to share all of your wonderful knowledge and wisdom with everyone today. I guess I really want to start just by knowing a little bit about your journey into wellness and yoga and meditation and everything that you do now. Sure. It's like, how far do I go back? <laughs> go back all the way. That's fine. <laughs> I suppose I was brought up in a very healthy family. My mum mm -hmm. was, um, she brought us up very much in a vegan or a plant-based household. Mm -hmm. From day one, we were kind of um, very much about health, uh, exercise, eating well, and, you know, looking after ourselves mentally and emotionally and physically. And I suppose I then went, I kind of went on my own journey of like traveling the world and eating everything and trying, you know, meat and all of those kind of things. Um, but I suppose my self-care journey started when I, I started doing yoga um, at the age of 15. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I kind of was, yeah, getting in touch with with my body and with just what my body needed on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, when you're 15, you obviously, you don't know what your body needs. Um, and um, I suppose going through that journey, you know, now I'm 36. I think once I hit my 30s, when things started to change in your body and also your desires and your um, outlook on life start to change, that I really started to hone in on wanting to know more about how I can serve my body. And that's when I became a yoga teacher. And then over the, the last five years, even further developed my understanding of the body by um, doing a somatic healing training. So all up about 700 hours of wow. um, yoga and somatic healing training. I suppose that was kind of a fast forward from A to B, but that's kind of where I'm at today with what I'm offering and the self-care space, which is my new online membership as well. So I think my, my big mantra is just like, look after your body and it will serve you well. 
That's so, so true. And you also have your activewear range, don't you, as well? How did that come I about? I do. Yeah, so my kind of uh, journey into the workforce, I was a marketing manager for mm-hmm. about 10 years. And then after um, when I turned 30, I kind of was like quit the corporate life and started consulting. Um, and that's when I kind of moved to London as well. And one of my clients that I first met was my now business partner, and she wanted to start an activewear brand. And I'd already consulted on a few activewear brands before. So it was like a really good match. And then after a couple of months, she was like, you need to be more than my consultant. You need to be my partner and CEO and like run the business. So that's kind of how that all kind of came together. Wow. In a, in a, in a nutshell. I love that. And it's such a journey. And it's so nice that you're able to combine all those years of traveling and corporate life with what you do now, because um, so many people have a, a similar story of sort of leaving the corporate life behind and then going into the world of wellness. And often it's sort of one or the other, but it's actually quite nice to hear how you're bringing aspects of that into what you do now. Yeah, definitely. I I say to a lot of my one-to-one clients who've come to me because they feel like they're lost or they just don't know what they want in life anymore, that, you know, any job is not a waste of time if you're either, I have these two keywords, you're either learning or you're earning. Yeah. So you're either learning something new or you're earning a, a good amount of money that will then give you other options after like the next chapter. So Yeah. And it's been great to be able to bring all of those elements together to create what I have now. That's amazing. And obviously you teach a lot of yoga and meditation. You do the somatic healing as well. Do you integrate a lot of this into your own day-to-day practice in in your personal life as well? Yes, of course. Mm. I think the reason why I'm so passionate about Um, sharing it with my community and with my membership library is that it's what has helped me heal Mm. and it's what has helped me move through really tough times in my life like you know breakups and being made redundant and having to have an abortion after you just find out your boyfriend's broken up with you the day before so all of those kind of big kind of changes or I suppose chaotic times in your life that all of these rituals have helped me support myself throughout the journey. So whether it's, you know, a yo- doing yoga or I really find a lot of um, oasis or solace in my yin classes, yin yeah. therapy classes, it allows us to stop and to just notice what is going on inside our body where this society we live in, it's not, second nature it's not second nature to do that it's a go 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 kind of rhythm I suppose that most people are living to so that's that's what my aim is is just to help people to slow down to help people to tune in and to help people to notice what it is that they want in their life and in their body that's so important and 
I love yin yoga as well. And I love somatic healing as well. I've had um, lots of lovely one-to-one sessions over the last sort of five years. I haven't done it for about a year or so, but it's Mm. just so good. And for me, it was interesting because I was talking with another guest I had last week about starting to become comfortable with the discomfort. And actually, that's probably the way I would describe aspects of yin therapy and the somatic Mm. healing as well just starting to allow ourselves to just be with that discomfort, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be mental, because I think it's so easy to just look at things like yoga and meditation, you know, everything that we teach and everything that we live by and think that it is all just about being positive. But there's a real strength, isn't there, in in sitting with that discomfort and with those well, those negative thoughts and feelings as well. Definitely. I think we grow in those moments where we allow ourselves to sit in the discomfort. If we went around every day being, be positive, be happy, and your body's actually saying, I feel really low today and I feel like I don't have a lot of energy and maybe I just need to sit with that and it's okay to be feeling low today that it's not going to last forever. This is not like the end journey and it's the end point of feeling low, that it's just that, okay, it's okay to be low today. And I think that's one one thing that I've realized with, within my training is that people try to run away from those feelings and we try to, to numb them with substances and wine and food or shopping and that actually what we really need to do is just sit with it and be okay with it which is sometimes really scary it's scary and it's hard but Mm. it's oh so worth it and I think if we can just almost accept it in a peaceful way you know that that phrase of this too shall pass and just understanding Mm -hmm. that there are sometimes days like you say sometimes it's just hours when we feel a certain way but sometimes there can be almost what I call seasons of that so that might be months it might be a year or two but just knowing that this too shall pass and it is a, a sort of balance I guess isn't it between sitting with it being aware of it but also having those rituals and tools that, that you just talked about to help us through it as well. Because even though we must sit with that discomfort, it is nice to bring in some of those really positive rituals and therapies too. Yeah, of course. I find my meditation has been a, a godsend in lockdown, especially. Yeah. I think I I let go, not let go completely, but like because of, you know, running multiple different arms of my company that you can sometimes neglect your meditation practice. And I really, that's how I kind of started to share at the beginning of lockdown of just like my free guided meditations, just to help people come back to their body rather than being so much in the future of like the ang- the anxiety or the uncertainty of what's going to happen or also dwelling on the past and like what was happened or what had happened but to bring people back to their body and that's where you find being at home with your body and being at one with yourself meditation is is such a great tool for that completely is and how do you recommend for people that are very new to meditation because I remember when I 
first started meditation, that was many, many years ago, thinking and believing that meditation was shutting off all thoughts and just trying to sit with the quiet. And if someone's listening and thinking, I just would love to start meditation, but it just seems like this big, scary thing. What would you say with the first step or even the first sort of three steps, let's say, to getting started with meditation? So it's called a meditation practice because Mm -hmm. it's a practice. No one turns up on the first day sitting for an hour and being like, I am enlightened. This is the answer. So just knowing that it is a practice and when you have to practice it, you have to work at it every day. So I really guide people to put in a time in your diary every day, the same time, even if it's for a week or for a month and just commit to that goal of like, I'm going to show up for me every day, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes, just putting that in your diary, putting it actually as like a diary entry on your schedule, like in your calendar. And then if you don't want to sit in silence and your thoughts and your monkey mind, it's, it's too busy then guided meditations really helped me get into meditation and finding my own groove. And I have a lot on my IGTV. I've also got them in my my membership. There's more than like 25 or 30 there. And build up, start with five minutes and then build up as the, the weeks or the months go on to 10 minutes a day. To 20 minutes a day and maybe you may just find that that some days 20 minutes you need and then other days five minutes is just enough for you to get grounded in your body an example is um one of my sisters is just like very not spiritual or uh anything around meditation and i told her to meditate during <laughs> lockdown and she's like oh my god i'm not gonna do this like this is not me like she's just not that type of person and I actually got off a phone call with her today and she's like, I'm meditating without anything now. I just put on like very calm meditation music. Wow. And I was like, wow, what, like, that's just like the most, the biggest kind of example is that, you know, anyone can do it if you just give it a chance and that you don't try to force it as well. So a daily practice committing to yourself, whether you start with start with guided meditations and, and commit to showing up. Absolutely. And how do you think, in the example of your sister, what do you think her motivation to start meditating, going from somebody that's not into any of that to then being able to sit like she does daily? What was that middle bit? Because I think that there's lots of people sort of in that situation um, yeah. that are so not into that, but they may be at the back of their mind, they know that they should be doing something just to help nourish their mind and body a little bit like meditation. But they're, they're, they're sort of stuck in that place where they're where they're not really sure if they want to do it or how they should do it. So how does she sort of overcome that little sort of bump in the road in order to get to where she is now? Well, she said that every time I speak to her, no matter if I'm, you know, stressed or Mm. upset or she's like, you're just so calm and so grounded. And she kind of was like, you were my inspiration (laughs) to to keep going. Because she's like, you weren't always like that. Like she's like, I remember when you were in Australia, definitely much more like crazy or, you know, just like (laughs) up and down, but she's like, you're so grounded. So I, I suppose that she just wanted to find that grounding in herself. Yeah. Again, when, when you do meditate 
and you start to notice the difference. You know, when you do a few workouts and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling stronger and I'm feeling more confident. Um, when you start to meditate and you find that your responses to a difficult situation are rather than reacting straight away with a response that you take the time to just digest what's happened. Be like, okay, this has happened. And maybe like a crazy, uh, you know, mix up to your schedule or, you know, something, a flight's been canceled because of the current situation. But rather than being so reactive to a situation, you kind of almost find that almost peace and inner, inner grounding to just be like, okay, this is happening. It's happening not to me, but it's it's happening. And I think your response is more with a wider angle lens rather than like, oh my God, I'm going to, the, the world's ending. This is horrible. Yeah. I think it's more of a, a muted response rather than like an angry, flared up reaction. Absolutely. I completely agree. And then even if you do get to that point of a angry, flared up reaction, you then know that you've got that tool to help bring yourself back into a space of calm. It's almost like you're able to bring yourself home through your own mind, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely, that definitely. Helps so, so much. And and, and yoga is the same, you know, not just meditation. And and this is something I also say to to people who do find the meditation difficult to do something like yoga, you know, that the yin yoga that you do is is perfect for that because actually sometimes just bringing a bit of movement into the body yeah. whilst doing the breath and whilst staying present yeah. can really help, particularly for somebody that finds it quite difficult to stay still or does find that their mind sort of flits everywhere whilst they're trying to meditate, bringing some yoga practice into it. I mean, really, in many ways, that's how yoga started, wasn't it? Definitely. You know, with, with people Definitely. that were meditating and they needed to, to needed to move, move their bodies. Yeah. Traditional Indian yoga mm. from 2000 years ago is that the go end goal was to sit in meditation. Yeah. And so we've obviously westernized just the, the movement part of it to, to say that that is yoga, where we use the movement part so that we can sit still. Yeah. So if people are finding it difficult to just go and sit still and sit in one spot, then the starting with a moving meditation um, where breath and movement are paired, that is a really great journey or pathway into just sitting um, with meditation. So a vinyasa flow, um, any type of yoga that's really focusing on the breath and the movement and the body helps you to bring that oneness together before then you sit. Absolutely, completely agree. And I mean, I've always used yoga for myself and taught other people uh, very much yoga to help nourish the body, the mind, and obviously the face is a big part of what I do now. But interestingly, yeah. a question that people ask me a lot over the years is, can yoga help with weight loss? Now, I've never used it myself as a weight loss tool or even a weight maintenance tool. I yeah. just have always looked at yoga as something which helps me to stay healthy, feel mm -hmm. healthy, help my mind. And if yeah. it keeps my body fit as a side effect, which yeah. it does, then fantastic. But so many people have said to me, you know, does yoga help me lose weight? Will it help me tone up? Mm. What's your advice on that? And do you ever get that question as well? I, I do get that mm. question 
quite often and yeah. I actually answered it the other week with very similar response to mm-hmm. you is that yoga for me was never about losing weight mm-hmm. or keeping maintaining weight or you know getting defined muscles yoga for me is a tool to peel back the layers of conditioning from our parents from society to then find my authentic self underneath so I started out with Bikram, yeah. as a lot of people do. Yeah, the go straight for yoga, the hard stuff. <laughs> you know, the sweaty, the sweaty yoga yeah. every day for thirty days. That's how wow. they get you in. That's big, and, though, isn't it? Doing that, that's really yeah, big. Yeah. yeah. But I'm actually a pitta in my Ayurvedic mm-hmm. dosha, which I'm very fu- like. I'm, my main element is heat. Yeah. So doing that for thirty days just really aggravated and inflamed my nervous system. So I actually had a reverse effect and was feeling really puffy and bloated mm-hmm. because for me that wasn't the best type of yoga for me. And so now, fast forwarding, oh, maybe ten years that a combination of some slow flow and yin yoga is the best for my dosha because it's cooling and it helps me to not have an inflamed nervous system or digestive system so that food and nutrients and water can flow through me much more freely. So I find even doing more yin can help you lose weight but again I'm not I'm not prescribing this as a a weight loss tool but rather than just a journey into the energy systems in your body to wring out any blockages that may be the end result of you holding on to weight is that because you're holding on to normally it's emotional or stress in the body absolutely so the yoga helps as a release I completely agree and I think that you you mentioning about looking at it as a little bit more individualized is so so important because actually something like bikram might really suit some people's doshas you know if you're more sort of a kapha dosha Mm. um if you need that heat in your body and that movement that might be the thing that completely helps your mind to feel clearer you find that you lose weight you tone up your body feels energized whereas someone else like you say if they're more of a pitta dosha that already they've got too much fire in them you know the Mm -hmm. the adrenaline is already there actually needs to be calmed down by doing that that can not only help the body and mind but in that theme there of of yoga helping you to lose weight just by helping to lower cortisol levels that stress hormone yeah by doing that gentler yoga that in itself can be transformative i think we do live in a in a society where it's easy to think you do loads of cardio and the harder you work the more you're going to lose weight and you eat these certain foods it's going to help you but actually i believe that to stay healthy and this isn't just weight this is everything you need Mm. to just get to know yourself and it sounds like you've feel the same way yeah definitely the more like even just with with food with even how much you socialize like I'm and I'm still learning I think that's a full-on journey that you go on just to be in the most optimal version of yourself like you're sleeping great you are digesting great you're working and you're focused and you have lots of energy that's kind of like my my ultimate goal is just to feel and look and and be able to perform um, in my all of my relationships and my you know my businesses and that kind of thing um, and that's kind of what I'm continually on a daily basis re using meditation to come back to myself and then be like what do I need today 
Yeah. Which might be different from yesterday. Completely might be completely different from yesterday. Um, You know, some days you might think, I need to go on a power walk or run. And other (laughs) days it might be, actually, I just need to sit and meditate or I need to lie on the sofa. And it really is. And I think being intuitive and and this does take time as well it is part of the journey isn't it starting to become quite intuitive with what you need um that that's the best way and even when it comes to food actually I think there's so many very rigid diet plans out there again I get asked and I'm sure you get asked a lot you know what what do you eat in a day what's your what's your diet plan how do you stay in shape and I I wouldn't give this out because actually what suits my body isn't necessarily what's going to suit someone else's body and actually what suits my body different days as well of course yeah no I've never shared what I eat in a day Mm. I mean some people might see like I'm having a smoothie or I'm having this, but like, it's so individual. Also like the amount of food, how much exercise you're doing, how much you're, you know, it's very individual. So I, I, I think just using all of these in self inquiry tools, helps you to be like, understand when you're actually hungry, to understand that you probably most of the time when you are thinking hungry, you're probably just dehydrated yeah and when you are more in tune with that then you you know you will probably notice losing weight or you know coming back to your optimum size when you are actually very much carefully being in tune with with what you put inside your mouth yeah mindfully 100 percent. i mean that that is the the way to be and and i think it's important that you did mention it's a journey as well because i think however much we're in tune with with what we need that's also a journey in itself isn't it because there's some days where we think oh today i really need this and this is what's going to suit my body but we're actually not listening to our intuition we're maybe listening to something else inside ourselves and it's easy to kid ourselves and i think especially when you know like us we we are we do try and live quite intuitively it's almost a journey itself to actually say is that intuition or is that you know there's that to work out too Definitely. And also like, do not be so hard on yourself as well. Like, I mean, definitely around my cycle, I let myself eat all the food and, and have the sweets and whatever it is, because at that time I am really craving that. Yeah. And then on the, the days after my period, I'm really like, oh, I just want salads. So I just really, really tune in. And that's that, that tool that you just get better and better at and not, and not restrictive as well. That's so important because, and it not even looking at it as treats really, is it? It no. just is going, this is what my body needs today. I need yeah. some chocolate cake today. And that's, yeah, exactly. you know, that's okay, completely. And how do you find that your somatic healing sort of helps you, but also helps people that you work with to be more in tune with that intuition? Yeah. So I'll do it in two parts. The Mm. first part with, with me learning about all of the different somatic healing techniques is that for once and the first time in my life, I actually started to understand how I processed emotion, which I had never, never understood or knew before. Like when you get angry or any type of emotion only lasts in the body for 30 to 90 seconds. Mm. And so when you are thinking that your world is going to end and you're, you know, this is happening and you're overwhelmed and stressed out and that's it, that 
if you just allow yourself 90 seconds to sit with that and to let that emotion to bubble up and move through you like it's moving through a river, after the 90 seconds, the, the height of that emotion has left and you can then feel the, the, the tide almost like coming in from the ocean, subsiding after the big wave that's crashed the shore. I used to, I would call like my life part one and part two before somatic training and after <laughs> somatic training that before I would get so overwhelmed and angry, whether that be with myself or with my partner or with my team. And now after part two, it's just like, okay, I can really sense that I'm going to get really angry right now. And it's just having that more self-awareness that, okay, this is going to last 30 seconds. Let's just ride this out and let the wave ride ride over me. Um, so that I can continue on with my day. And I, I just think that that self-awareness I just didn't have um, around my emotions and being able to master them rather than them control me. And so then with my clients, they, again, have never, they never knew that, you know, being angry was or feeling low could be just an emotion moving through them. And so I work with them and help them to understand all the different types of things. How does anger feel in their body? What does that look like when you close your eyes? Can we talk about the color, the texture, the heaviness, the scent of it to really embody that feeling and emotion so that we can understand it and let it move through us? And that's kind of like a visualization technique to really kind of get inside the ang- the emotion of anger to then, yeah, rather than let that wash completely. You know, when you feel really angry and it's, you feel hot and it's, yeah. it almost rises to your head mm-hmm. to, to really just sit with that rather than, I don't know, having a fight with a loved one or a family or a friend or doing something, you know, eating a block of chocolate because you're really angry and stressed yeah. just to really like, okay, I'm really angry right now. Let's just sit with this emotion rather than reacting to it. Definitely. And it's so important to sit with those emotions. And that is something I really love about somatic healing is that sitting with the emotions, but also, like you say, understanding where they are in our body. And that's often quite a surprise, isn't it? Mm. You know, when I've done it before, the amazing teacher that I've worked with has said you know where are you feeling this whatever it might be let's say it's grief you know where are you feeling it often you're so surprised it can be a part of your leg or in your Mm -hmm. shoulder and then you realize how much that that can maybe be linked to a physical pain that you're then holding on to but actually just by acknowledging that that emotion or thought is is stuck there and then starting to that releases it in itself first of all that acknowledgement doesn't mm-hmm. it? But then yeah. starting to use some techniques to let it move through you can not only free you from that emotion, but also that physical pain as well. Mm-hmm. And this is to varying degrees, you know, sometimes the physical pain is very, very severe and it can be something which is, you know, it can be debilitating for someone for many, mm-hmm. many years. And that often takes quite a while. But sometimes just little niggle pains, you can mm-hmm. you can almost release in minutes, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would suffer from a lot of neck and shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. And when I did my like a first somatic healing, when I had somatic healing, we kind of dug deep into that. I, I felt like I had the world on my shoulders and I was carrying around this like intense pressure and heaviness on my shoulders, which was 
causing me a physical pain. Um, and once we kind of uncovered what, why I was feeling that and how that was representing in my body, the pain left yeah. and has never come back. Amazing. So it's quite transformational, which is why I went into then studying it because I found, you know, I went to a physio for two years for this neck pain shoulder thing. And then once I acknowledged and accept that I had a lot on my plate and kind of dive deeper into the into the pain, I was able to understand, acknowledge and then let it go. Amazing. I think that's I think that's so important and it's and it's not as complicated as many people might think it is. Um, you do one-to-one sessions, don't you? And, and yeah. do you do that at the moment sort of via Zoom? Via um, Zoom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which is so accessible and it means that you can just... You can just do it anytime, any place. So I would definitely say to anyone that hasn't experienced somatic healing, it's not scary, it's not complicated. It is just it, as simple as tuning in, isn't completely. it? Tuning into your body, yeah. using breath, using visualization and just just acknowledging. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things when my my therapist said, like, yes, Phoebe you have a lot going on right now. And it was almost just like that. Well, that's all I needed. I was like, yes. Like I, yeah. I never acknowledged it myself. I just kind of kept going on with this big rat race. And once someone just told me, was like, it's okay. You have a lot on. I was like, oh, that's all I needed. So sometimes <laughs> that's all you need is someone to tell you that yeah. you have a lot on. Definitely. And also somebody that isn't someone that's in your life personally yes, I think that's the other yeah. thing as well um someone that can look at things with fresh eyes and from a neutral perspective mm-hmm. for sure definitely yeah. definitely yeah. so what I'd like to do just to um finish today's yes. podcast is do some quick fire questions if you're of up course. to doing that amazing yeah. okay so bath or shower Shower every day, but at least one bath a week. Amazing. Juice or smoothie? Smoothie. Hair or makeup? Ooh, makeup. Countryside or seaside? Seaside. Visualizations or affirmations? Visualizations. Pen and paper or laptop? Pen and paper. Yoga class or spin class? yoga class (laughs) (laughs) of course (laughs) trainers or heels trainers instagram or facebook instagram face wash or cream cleanser oh cream cleanser a facial or a massage (gasps) oh that's a hard one i need to take both (laughs) massage if i have to have (laughs) if you had to choose a snowy winter's day or a hot summer's day Oh, these are hard. I know. I, uh, um, a hot summer's day. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Um, coffee. Morning person or night owl? Morning. And what's your favourite colour? Mm, hard one. It's probably a, a very nice shade of um, light turquoise blue. Nice. Mine's turquoise yeah. too. Lovely. Ah, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favourite song? Too many to choose from. <laughs> I, have, I have very many sides of me and very many mm-hmm. uh, facets of me. So some days it's coffee and a massage. Other days it's like the, the snow and, yeah, very different. Yeah. Love that. Your favourite memory? Favourite memory? Uh, going through the sun gates on Machu Picchu in Peru. Wow. Hiking the Inca Trail. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Your favourite crystal? Amethyst. 
your favorite drink? <laughs> hmm, I love a Malbec, a okay. red wine Malbec. Yeah, lovely. And finally, your number one tip for inner peace: you have everything you need already inside of you. Wow, I love that, Phoebe. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful, wonderful guest, and I'm so grateful for everything that you shared with us today. Thank you, Danielle. I've loved chatting with you. It's been wonderful. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.